Happy Thor's Day, everyone. Welcome to attempt number two and trying to see what we got going for today. I'm setting up for my radio show, Social Distortion, which I do on WMCC. You can find us on Twitter or any of the things that I share on social media because I constantly blow it up and because I'm in charge of the social media for the radio station here at MCC. Uh, today we got a metal day. Uh, we got some metal tickets to give away for a concert this weekend, and I'm going to play some old school stuff, and that is another microwave sound. I can't believe I can't get away from that. That's not me. I'm at the radio station. But anyway, uh, yeah, looking forward to today. Uh, I hope all of you have a wonderful, wonderful Thursday. Rock on, guys. So I... I guess I have to make an addendum because I talked about this on the air on my radio show today and I wanted to make a point about it, that I am incredibly sad and disheartened by the loss that we're all kind of feeling, uh, all of us, I mean, all of us emo scene, metal, punk kids that for, what, close to 20 years uh, we've had the Vans Warped Tour in our back pocket as that platform to see and hear new things and to have these experiences with these smaller named bands um, and, and, you know, main stage headliners too. But I guess the thing that saddens me the most about it is the discovery part. I mean, I have been going to Warp Tour since 2004. And 2004 was a huge year for me. I got to see a lot of the bands that were coming out at that time. You know, I, I what with the headliner that year was Good Charlotte, okay? And I hated Good Charlotte, and it has nothing to do with what I'm about to say, but because of the fact that I hated Good Charlotte, I went in search of other things and found that since they were closing out the entire day, you know, there wasn't really anything going on. So I wandered all the way to the other side of the park uh, well, the you know, venue area where all the other stages are to the smallest stage, what was eventually going to be known as the stage where you found that indie hip band that was up and coming. But at the time it was just garbage. It was really tiny and it was really poorly located, hard to find. And on this stage was a group of people that they kept interchanging members and here you play guitar for this song and here you do this and meanwhile there were 30 kids out front moshing their brains out completely in love with what they were doing they knew this music i'd i'd heard a track which i didn't even know until a couple tracks in or a couple songs into their set that they were even a band i'd ever heard of before that band turned out to be silverstein um i saw them basically during their breakout and and I wouldn't have adapted to them I would not have accepted them otherwise I wasn't in the mood for screaming yet and I was still very sensitive to what was musical and what wasn't musical and I had a hard time differentiating between what I thought was qualitative talent and what was abhorrent garbage I think I was being too judgmental. I think I was being picky. I mean, I was a hipster before being a hipster was cool, right? <laughs> but I guess my point is, is that without this platform 
to reach people, without this ability to get your name out there, how do these smaller acts even, I mean, thrive, let alone exist today? In an industry where everyone's putting out singles because they're worried about how much money they're going to make and the amount of money it costs, they say it costs something like $20 million to start a new artist between all the merchandising, uh, all of the marketing, all of the tours, all of the guest appearances, the, the image that they create for this person, the actual production itself, every piece of it that goes into it is money. It all costs something and there's no money to go around anymore. I think that's been evident for a while. I mean, in, in the rock world, we've known that. We've, in order to find something that you really like, you can't find it on the radio for rock. It's Everything on the radio is something that was big years ago. And that's because people gave up on the idea that there would be money there, so they stopped caring about it. And without care, that side of the industry fell apart. The last rock radio station in New York City closed almost a decade ago. And so now you grow up not even knowing the real history of how mainstream music became what it is. Rock and roll came from our hearts, came from our souls, came from uh, injustice and this, the, the, these movements in the 60s that were about social equality. And rock music came from going against the norm and standing for what you believe in. And what do we have if, if we lose all of that? I mean, what, what festival now brings those kinds of acts together? I mean, even those bands, for that matter, they're all struggling. And, you know, I guess this is going to be a two-parter. <laughs>
And there's a lot of studies that are actually showing that that's very true, that producers are only putting forth what sells and what does well, so it makes money, which, yeah, I guess that makes total sense. Okay, I get it, you need to make money. But if you will only care about what makes money, then where is that auteur going to fit? Where is the posterity that we care about art when all we're really doing is selling something to somebody? There's no artistic expression in a money-making enterprise continually. You'll get lucky, you'll have an album that's really good, you'll have a couple of tracks that's really good, but on the whole, you're being told what to do, you're being pigeonholed, you're being crammed into this box that you didn't create and you don't understand the shape and confines of the box until you're suddenly in it. I guess I'm ranting a little bit here. The loss of Warp Tour is going to sadden me tremendously because I do worry about the future. I worry about the music I care about because I grew up with all of that. I grew up seeing The Used and My Chemical Romance and Thrice and Taking Back Sunday and Flogging Molly and Matchbook Romance and 30 Seconds to Mars and Hawthorne Heights and Hit the Lights and and I, I could go on for forever. And it wouldn't be enough. It wouldn't be enough to bring this thing back because the world has turned a blind eye to what isn't popular and going to make money. And I, it's a sad state of affairs. I guess I don't have anything positive to come out of this except to say that you know, don't give up. You know, even myself, I'm, I'm trying new avenues, I'm doing new things, but I'm still writing right now. And yeah, nothing's recorded yet. Yeah, there's no group in the project, or, you know, no, no, no official band name or anything. But it's there. It's, it's, it's moving. There's someone that appreciates it and tells me that they appreciate what I'm writing. And that is enough to keep me going. Ignore the bullshit. Write what you want to write. And you know what? Sometimes that means you're going to have to sacrifice. And some things will be a little bit more of a struggle if you're not willing to compromise on your art. And I guess that all comes down to what your, your own personal limitations are when it comes to that. What standards do you hold yourself to? But be true to yourself, no matter what you do. And I believe that you will have a fulfilling life no matter what avenue you end up going down. Have a wonderful Thursday, guys. Rock on.